Welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who have traveled through. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast. Asbury Park Vibes podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Bieber, and we're joined by a very fun, very up and coming New Jersey City progressive rock band, uh, Full Saint. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Or, I guess, from the case of a member, Sarah, re welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. And uh, since there's a lot of you guys, um, if you guys don't mind introducing yourselves or those who are, are, are unaware of you, uh, we'll go around and we'll do that. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I guess I'll go first, <laughs> even though you definitely know me, but I am the front woman. So I'm Sarah and I'm the front woman of the band. There we I'm go. Richard, I'm the guitarist of the band. I'm Austin. I'm the other guitarist of the band. Mm-hmm. One of the guitarists. Yes. <laughs> hey, Doyle, Mike Doyle back here. Play bass. Kyle, drummer, hiding behind the band as usual. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's the best spot. That's the best spot. Everyone's got their spots. I like it. Awesome. And I guess it's like a primer question. It seems like you guys are a pretty recent band. Can you give us a little background about how you guys came together and how you guys decided you all wanted to start recording music? Yeah, uh, I'll start with this one, I guess, since I think the question can get a little a little fuzzy because we all have been in different band relationships and, of course, friendships at one point in time. Um, so I think the band goes back 16 years when I met Mike Doyle on bass. He was playing bass in a band called Repeating Goodbye that I did merch for forever. And that started our bromance. And then Austin and I played in this band called Gatherers uh, for a while. And then we knew Kyle from a family friend just since high school. And then we all played in this band called Young House without Sada, sorry. Um, And that band kind of just became this band. We, we, We asked Sada to join us and we turned into full saint and i guess that's kind of the abridged version yeah and it changed the sound of the band completely even though i only replaced one other member there was another singer and he also played guitar left the band and then i joined and we started something completely different 
Wow. That sounds that sounds like quite a history. Um, in terms of like the band <laughs> sounding completely different, because <laughs> it sounds like from what I just heard, you guys have quite a history together. <laughs> Yeah, I think Chris even skipped some stuff about yeah. like a yeah. previous band before Young House. Before, oh, that's true. Yeah, you Oil did. And I also played a band in between all of that stuff, <laughs> right in the middle, called Departures. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we've all been playing music with each other, hanging out with each other at least for a decade, at yeah. least yeah. for ten years, if not more. Um, yes, that, that's like the movie synopsis of this band. <laughs> wow, that's like. <laughs> Not yeah, I'm completely brand new to being in bands. This is my first band ever. Wow. Very cool. That's like very much like the Ancestry.com of like bands, but yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it's fun. It sounds Ancestry. like <laughs> Ancestry.com. <laughs> yeah, we're a grandchild band. It was yeah, yeah. Departure was the, the grandpa. And then then Young House was the, the mom. And, and then we were the child of that. Wow, well, that's that's quite the metaphor. <laughs> that's the stage. Um, I guess one of the, actually kind of leads to my next question. That like since Full Saint, even though this you've been a various different types of bands in the past, like Full Saint being a new band, what has kind of been the experience so far of like this particular project and like this being a new direction? What's kind of been the process of like creating that new direction and sound? Right. It's it's a tricky question because we we began right before the precipice of. COVID-19. So we began, we began uh, at the tail e- end of 2019. And the process has been so far that Chris or Austin will bring an idea, uh, some sort of guitar riff, and then I will do a vocal melody on top of that. And there will be something in the vocal melody that would lead to a word And then that one word or maybe a phrase would basically be like, okay, I'm going to build an entire song or lyrics on top of this phrase that I came up with thanks to this guitar riff. And then we collaborate based on what we come up with that way. Exactly. It's highly collaborative, I would say. Yeah. One of us introduces the idea and then the song takes its journey between the five of us. Mm -hmm. Um, We, you know, we definitely each have a say in everything. And I'm pretty sure at this point in time, it's been, if someone doesn't like something, we typically don't do it, which makes things a little bit slower. But for me, at least speaking, it has made me feel a lot more fulfilled with the songwriting process, um, especially coming from a solo background um, in my previous studies. Uh, it just playing together with these guys and this gal in that sort of way is just a lot of fun for me. Challenging, but fun. <laughs> yeah there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen but we're making something really good and we work well together that way it's also really hard being a band in the midst of a global pandemic yes yeah having, like, having such limited access to each other and like you know like we weren't rehearsing and then getting in the studio you know to to hash out ideas and stuff as mm-hmm. as much as we all would have liked but just trying to record ideas at home and you know toss them into our, you know, messaging box and, you know, just trying to collaborate that way. Like it was a whole different way of us approaching from like the digital aspect of like trying to collaborate for a while, but it feels good that, you know, we could be back in the same room jamming for the last couple of months now, writing new stuff. And finally hear and see like our project getting out there. Exactly. 
like get the get the song out, start getting some shows under our belts and whatnot, and, and you know just keep forging ahead. Very cool. And actually, that kind of brings me to I like t- you kind of touching on the fact that like you started this band. I guess pre-pandemic is the right word for it. And now you kind of somehow were able to still record and to meet, but obviously I had to adapt to that. What were some of like the biggest challenges initially with being a band in this situation? And how did you all decide to kind of overcome it? Cause I, I can imagine there was quite a, quite a few conversations about, well, now that we're in this situation, how do we rehearse, record and, and et cetera. Yeah. So I would say, you know, not playing shows and like getting our, our live set together uh, kind of, felt weird because we were always in bands where we could go out and play and practice live, live sets, which really helps like up your game as a band. And I think our way around that was um, uh, investing in like recording equipment and like getting into the studio and hashing out ideas and just using all the time that we had instead of, you know, worrying about not playing live, just use that to record our ideas in our own little bubble. And that's really helped us, I would say along the way. I think we're lucky too, in a sense that we have all known each other pretty intimately for a long time. You know, a lot of bands, at least that I've been in, you start and you, you don't know everybody and there's not this relationship or this sense of community off the get-go, you know? And for us, you know, we weren't able to practice a lot. You know, we really utilized the time we had and put ourselves under the gun without having to worry about developing a friendship and a community and trust in one another. I'm so grateful that that was there from the start because that's really important when you have five people with strong opinions, you know, talking to one another about things they like and don't like, you want to make sure that you can, you know, just be like, all right, I know Austin, that's awesome. Let's go with that idea, even though that's not what, what I wanted or whatever. Um, so the time was, was tough, but grateful for the friendship. The constant communication between us during the pandemic while we were on hiatus, I guess you could say really helped bring us back and not have this trepidation of people leaving or being disinterested in the band once it once it was safe for us to collaborate again I think we started to have band practice again in September mm-hmm. so pretty recent honestly and even then it was sparse it was very sparse mm-hmm. <clears throat> even now I think it's picking up more than then but yeah, I think this is an interesting time for musicians, but uh, it's it's actually very noteworthy because you guys just put out your first single, which is, it's a big feat, I feel like, to put out a song in a time like this. So uh, actually, it was interesting hearing about, talk a little bit about the background of how that particular song kind of came about. And what about that song was, in particular, where you're like, this, this has to be our first song that we kind of announce ourselves with? Mm-hmm. Maybe Austin, you take yeah, it away. Austin, I think Austin's great. Yeah. Good yeah, so I brought this, uh, the, the opening chord progression to the table, uh, like when we first started in 2019. And it's been through a lot because initially the idea was like kind of influenced by like the gorillas and like a hip hop-ish beat and stuff like that. And then over the course of last year, having all that time from quarantine and sitting on like these songs, we reworked it plenty of times into what it is today. But uh, yeah, from from what it was like, it it came a long way, definitely. And um, I'm glad that it's the first single, of course, uh, having like this upbeatness to it. Um, Yeah, it's 
It's really it. Plumtree probably had seven different versions. It's the song that we worked mm-hmm. on the most. But the funny thing about it is that the first half of the song went through hardly any changes. It's the second half of the song. There was always a problem. with. We were never satisfied with it. We knew that something was missing. The chorus changed several times. The chorus even changed when we were in the studio. We did our final cut in the chorus and we removed about two lines. The song would have been maybe seven minutes long. (laughs) That would have been cool enough. Yeah, yeah, it would have been cool. It's definitely like, I love progressive rock. So I'm really used to sitting down and listening to a song that's about 24 minutes. see a problem with a song being seven minutes i'm like that's short it's fun to yeah. sing whatever <laughs> but the average listener might be a lot less interested in listening to anything over five minutes and that's probably long for the average listener anyway but we fixed it we were really persistent about fixing the last half and we're super satisfied with it now the song was actually, we, we have code names for all of our songs before I come up with a title or maybe somebody else comes up with a title. And that one was called Spooky Dookie. <laughs> That's a great name. That's right. Yeah. You know, the chords were just spooky. They were and, really cool. You know, we just think Dookie's pretty funny. Yeah. Do, it just, <laughs> I mean, any, any good song starts with Dookie, right? I wanted <laughs> it to be called Spooky Dookie. Like I was, did not understand why that kept it. Not be the name of the song. Chris was always like, we're not naming our song Spooky Dookie. We're not. People need to take us seriously. Right. I was like, I mean, but why? Dookie. I never, <laughs> I never really. the original chorus, right? You just said Spooky Dookie. Spooky. Over <laughs> <and> over <laughs> Uh, loop the entire song that's all the only lyrics you need viral with that song if we kept it spooky (laughs) never too late the the lyrics are serious so i guess it couldn't be spooky dookie i guess not (laughs) 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 but it sounds like it was a song that particularly had a lot of like impact for all of you so when the song finally came out and now that, now that it's out, people can hear it. How's the reception and the impact been? Do you think people are, do you think the song finished kind of reflects what you all put into it, would you say? I think so. For me, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Definitely, definitely. We were all, we were all very satisfied with the outcome of the song, uh, even though it changed pretty drastically. You know, by, by the last take, we were like, all right, this is it. And, you know, we've been getting nothing but positive feedback over the past, you know, almost two weeks since it's been out. So yeah, we're really happy with it and we're glad everybody's so receptive to it. You know, as a new band, there's always, uh, I feel like we all, you always hear great news about your first single because, you know, it's your friends, it's your family, but there's been a few people we don't know that have found us that have said like some of the kindest things out of my own personal music history that I've heard um, in a really, at least a decade. Um, so I'm really happy to hear that at least that song has had an impact on one person. Um, so that that's enough for me. That's it's it's a success in my mind. Really gratifying off the bat to have this one random fan that we somehow found. Or they to, found us. They found us. Yeah, I somehow don't know. But it's ma- music is magic in that way. Do we really know how our music reaches people? It just does. People find the songs that they need at the time in their life where they really need it. And that's that's really cool. And it's affecting someone, one 
Maybe two. I don't know. Just the beginning. Yeah. It's just the beginning, and it's just the beginning. A snowball from here. Yeah, exactly. Wow. What well, sounds like so far, you've had kind of exciting uh, first kind of, I guess, year and a half as a band. If we're if we're kind of kind of counting COVID time, yeah. <laughs> um, you, in terms of like being a new band, there's always like a lot of excitement and fun. But I imagine it is quite a bit of hard work. So, what have been some of like the kind of like I guess the biggest challenges of being a new band obviously COVID is one of them but what would you say is kind of like some of like the hardest challenges and how have you been kind of like embracing those challenges head on we all have lives outside of the band we're all adults it's hard to coordinate schedules like I'm getting my master's and we'll be doing some sort of when we recorded three songs in November I was writing the biggest research project <laughs> while I was in the studio. And that's definitely a challenge for me. It's hard for me to balance the work that I do in school and then for the band mentally and physically after a day of reading papers and writing papers, I'm exhausted. And sometimes the last thing I wanna do is think about lyrics and vocal melodies. It takes a lot of mental energy for me to do that. But we, everybody else has a job too we somehow make it work. Wow. That's definitely a testament to, uh, it seems like you're all pretty much dedicated to the same cause of like kind of going forward with this and progressing in terms of kind of like the flip side of that question, what has kind of been the most exciting part about being a new band? Cause amusing, making music for all the hardship is I'd imagine a, a fun time when it goes right. <laughs> <laughs> I think a fresh slate has been really cool. Just something completely new, uncharted that, like Kyle said, now that the virus is apparently dwindling and we're able to meet up and rehearse and, and perform and get ourselves tight, we're also discovering what makes us us. I mean, I think these three songs are really great. Some of them, some of the ideas were floating around for, for years in our heads individually. And now that we're writing even new material and we're sitting down together collectively in person, we're really discovering, I think, what it means to be full saint. And for me, that's the most exciting part. You know, it's it's been a it's been a long year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all digested that year and a half in very different ways. And it's really starting to show in the material we're coming up with. Wow, yeah. And I can tell from what happened from, from the first song you put out. I mean, there's a lot of unique influences in the music, and I feel like each each member is bringing something distinct. I was I was curious why this question is. What are each of all each of your like primary musical influences? And how do you think each of those influences are kind of finding their way into the music? Because the song itself, I was like, I tried to peg the genre and I couldn't do it. I'm like, I don't know what genre. I mean, I liked it, but I was like, I don't know what genre this is exactly, but I like it. You know, so I had to ask the question. I'm no one knows. Because <laughs> I, I can't wait to find out. I tried. I, I listened to it twice and I was like, all right, what genre is it? Is it rock? Is it hip hop? I, I, I couldn't I couldn't classify it. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to let it be. It's music. I'll just call it that. <laughs> No one seems to know. When I was showing the songs to my dad, he was like, this is pop, right, Sada? This is pop music that you're doing. And I was like, "Uh, if that's what you think, that's great. Because pop music is pop because it's popular. So if we could be popular, that's that's wonderful for us in this day and age. I feel like we are like progressive, dreamy, psychedelic. It's so hard to say because now with all of the 
pedals that exist with instruments and all of the things that you can, all the ways that you can manipulate the voice with pedals as well. It seems like it makes infinite genres of music that you could really make very cool new sounds. But you, Austin, what would you say your direct influences are? Yeah, I mean, well, I, when I first got into music, like really seriously playing in, in our last band, uh, Gatherers, like almost 10 years ago, I was, I was really influenced by like that hardcore punk scene with like Touche Amore and all those guys. So like, that's why you hear some screaming uh, on the, on the, on the track, because I don't know, I just have this, like my roots are in like this underground hardcore punk sort of setting. But when it comes to my guitar playing, yeah. Like what Sarah said, I just try to get like super experimental uh, with my pedals and tones and, and all that. And I try to think outside the box, especially outside of that setting of where, of what's been done. So I really try to compensate by listening to what Christian's playing riff off of his riffs or what Kyle and Doyle are playing. And even a lot of my guitar parts on this track in particular, and, and on the other two that are coming out, I really was paying attention to Sarah's vocal melodies. And I, I would try to make them shine, you know, with an extra boost of like melodies similar on the guitar and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it just uh, it's all just coming together for me. Like, it's hard to say exactly where, but I just try to take every everybody and everything that I've learned throughout my musical career into consideration. So for me, as the drummer, um, I don't I never like considered myself like a prolific player or anything. But like when I started playing as a kid, I was 100 percent into just like you know, punk rock and, and rock and roll and classic rock and stuff like that. So I'm very much like a straight eight, you know, uh, on the hats and ride and, um, you know, inspired by, I guess, you know, more typical rock music that like you would hear on the radio. Um, so in, you know, in terms of like being a progressive band, you know, like I tried playing along to Rush songs when I was a kid, mm -hmm. like it's just, it, it was not, it was not something that ever, uh, felt super comfortable or natural to me. Um, you know, so I, I'm more of like a meat and potatoes guy I just try to support the song and mostly stay out of the way. But, uh, oddly enough, I think I was actually the one that kind of flipped palm tree on its head initially. <laughs> Cause like Austin mentioned, it was kind of like his very, uh, kind of like laid back, relaxed, kind of like vibing groove and whatnot. And, Man, after like, a, I don't know, six months of like a digestion period on the song, I was like, wait, up. what if we just double time it and I just start <laughs> hammering away? Like, you know, like <laughs> just up the aggression a little bit. It supported the vocals that Sarah was, was putting through. And, and you know, like it, it supported Mike with, you know, driving some bass lines and stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm happy with how it came out. Um, but the, the short answer is when people ask me, what, is, what kind of music is your band? I have the same answer as you, man. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Um, and in some sense, like, that's good and that's exciting and it's refreshing because we're going to take all of our, like, own personal eclectic influences and kind of just morph it into, you know, something, something new and unique that really only we could, could produce. So... Excited to see where it leads us with the next, you know, the next batch of songs. Yeah, to like kind of play off that, like, uh, I, I can't define this song either. This is why I love Plum Tree so much. It kind of gives you a kind of vague general sonic idea of what 
full sane as a band is going to be, but then the next two songs, which I'm so eager to release, kind of mm-hmm. flip that all on its head. Uh, <laughs> for me, like, I have highly kind of poppy influences, so uh, when I'm thinking of bass lines, I'm kind of always thinking of catchy things and things that are going to get energy and people moving. I mean, like, when I was learning bass originally, I was kind of always in a jazzy background, so for me, like, the chorus of Plum Tree, I wanted to have this kind of almost like dancey, bassy, almost like salsa merengue bass line almost. So it's, it's kind of like fun to bleed all these unique elements together. And I think we have a really fun time doing it. <laughs> you do a good job of, of adding that in the low end, I would say. Um, I think one thing we all have in common is punk rock, pop punk and hardcore. I mean, I grew up you know, on the Tony Hawk soundtracks. And from there, yes. I found the Bouncing Greatest Souls. Greatest album of all time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. You know, the Bouncing Souls have been my favorite band since I can remember music, honestly. And it, things kind of evolved from there for me. You know, this track particularly reminds me of AFI, which was another big influence for me growing up. Um, sorry, guys, you know, after December Underground for me, I just, it, it didn't hit anymore. <laughs> but this is really my first band. Well, Young House, the band before this was the first band I played guitar in. Before that, I was a bass player um, and a vocalist for Gatherers. And then this is the first band I feel like I'm utilizing guitar skills. I'm a classical guitarist, uh, so finger style for the most part. And that's something I've been doing more than half my life at this point. So that sort of influence of outside of rock really bleeds into our music, I think. Um, it's something that's really ingrained in me. And like Doyle said, I, I jazz it has a jazzy background brazilian music's very important to me um latin american music's very important to me and those kind of rhythms and syncopation i really try to put into the music as well as those extended harmonies you know nine chord seven chord 13 chords um any sort of dissonances i really like to put into that but in addition to like the punk rock the uh classical music i would say post-rock like explosions in the sky has been one of the most influential bands for me in my entire life i mean from the first time I heard their song, I was like, this is something different that just really does it for me. And just to piggyback off that, I also have classical training and I started singing seriously when I was 16 and I was doing musical theater and I was doing a lot of Sondheim, which is operetta. So that's where I love to get um, all of my very long, high, belty, legato notes from that I'm obsessed with adding into every song that we do. But that there's a lot of that in rock too. Like I love Circa Survive and I love Mars Volta and they definitely influence me. But I also love Ella Fitzgerald. It's just all jumbled up, which is probably why we can't define (laughs) what our music is because our taste in music influences what it is that we're playing and it's all over the place in a good way. No, that, that doesn't mean it's like, I couldn't define it, but that wasn't even for me a bad thing. I think it's refreshing that a band can kind of be so like diverse and eclectic in its musical approach, but still, it seems like you all pretty much sound, still sound cohesive, which is not always easy to do. So I give a lot of credit towards that. Much, we're, that. Genre, we're genre neutral. <laughs> I like that. I like genre neutral is, is genre a new wave. <laughs> Right. And I fully anticipate there being a renaissance in music coming up. It seems like that is the trajectory 
uh, after the Great Depression, there was the Harlem Renaissance in music, and that breathed new life into a different genre of music. And I, I expect that to happen again. And that's something that is really exciting, at least for me in this band. I can see that helping us along. I, I really believe that people are growing a little tired of music uh, that is... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh my God, why does this happen to me? I finished <laughs> finals and now my brain Your brain is its must. Um, <laughs> whatever. The music that's... The, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum because music is great and we use it as an escape and it doesn't always have to be something that is complex. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that people are going to look for music that has a bit more depth to it which I believe our band can give them. Uh, oh, I thought I had it. I don't have the word. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you almost got it. The older I get, the more I can't remember. Simple. Yeah, you're young. You're young. You ain't that old. <laughs> but, I, but getting older. Getting older. Am, all right. Fair enough. Getting older. It's a gratification. Ah, there There's we go. We got it. We got it. There we go. Boom. Such a, it's like easy vernacular that we all use every day. And I can't remember that type What's of. Vernacular? What's vernacular? See? <laughs> Someone else in the band getting older that doesn't even know. Instant gratification is always going to be good. We love it in our books and at, in our television shows and in our music. But I am sure that COVID has revealed a lot of gaps in our systems that are inadequate and it's an opportunity for musicians to write about it so people can hear others' stories and get their frustrations out through their through the stories that they're listening to. Yeah, that's honestly a fantastic answer. And actually it leads to my next question because obviously you guys are from New Jersey and Jersey City and there's obviously a lot of music that comes out of New Jersey. There's still a lot of music coming out of it. But uh, what do you think makes Full Saint kind of a unique addition to that community? Because so many bands like are fighting for, you know, to play gigs or to stand out. But what do you think makes you guys kind of like a band worth checking out on the rise? I have a front woman from Queens. <laughs> right, that'll do it. I'm sold. That's it. I'm exotic to the New Jerseyans, apparently. Yeah. Bribe all the venue owners with the... Uh, Known as tomato sauce. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that's good collateral. <laughs> Honestly, my my grandma rest in peace. But my mom makes better tomato sauce than her, so we're definitely gonna oh wow them with my mom's tomato sauce, and she makes great too, <laughs> right. and she makes great soup. So it's like the opposite of the wedding singer. Like he was like he was getting paid in meatballs for his piano <laughs> lessons. Were basically we're bribing meatballs. Yeah. And no one's going to say no. It is literally an offer that no one can refuse. So I'm that's totally what, right. yeah, of course, exactly. Like that's, what's going to help us stick out. But on a, Food. you know, on a serious note, I, I just hope people decide they, they want to see some live music. You know, mm -hmm. I, we're a band, we play music. I think we're all pretty great people, though. That's rather subjective. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think we'll find out what makes us stick out at one point. Um, but I think more than anything is, or rather are the lyrics and the messages within buried within the songs um, that really stand out. While I think the music to myself is interesting and catchy and fun, uh, the lyrics when I re-listen to our music are what keeps me coming back and being like, well, what, what is this about? 
and having something to really say. Absolutely. And I, th- I think from what I've heard so far, it seems like you kind of value a lot of personal themes in your music. I actually, Sarah, this is a question I had for you in particular, being kind of like the front person of a band and kind of having to kind of like convey such personal subject matter. Why do you think it's important for kind of like front, pe- front people to be so personal and honest in their music? Because I can imagine it, it can be kind of hard sometimes to be that vulnerable, whether on record or on stage. Yeah, it's very vulnerable. I don't think that most listeners realize that us um, singers or people that write lyrics are coming from a deeply personal place when they do write the lyrics. So that helps for sure. But I'm saying things because I think that they need to be said and people can, I'm saying stories and people can find comfort through the stories that I'm saying. And that's, I think, an important thing that a person needs to do. So if that's what I was put on this earth, oh my God, it sounds so cheesy, but I've always- I was always, born, baby. Oh my God. <laughs> I've always liked writing. I've always liked poetry and I love to read as well. And I love film. And if I receive, if I receive peace from reading other people's stories, other people are going to receive peace by experiencing my own and then being able to see themselves and how they connect to that story as well. It's just an important thing that we have to do. Music is therapy. Oh my God, can you imagine that being like a tattoo on someone's chest? Music is therapy. That'd be dope. Music is therapy. Whoever, you should have a band bet. Whoever practices the least has to get that tattooed on them. So that gives you motivation. Oh my God. That is such a good bet. So yeah. It has to be like butt cheek. Why why stop at one? Why not both? Yeah, music is on one and then therapy on the other, or like what Chris said. Music on one is above therapy. <laughs> that you can decide amongst yourselves. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I like is that you seem at the end of the day to all be having fun as a band and enjoying making music, which I can imagine, you know, is tough for some people when, you know, pressure gets high. Why do you think it's important for bands to just enjoy making music despite whatever, despite whatever happens to the music, just to be able to enjoy it? <laughs> it shows people feel it like the, the, the listeners, they feel the energy. And I think if you were to write music with people and not enjoy it, it's going to just, you're going to feel it as a listener and it's not going to be enjoyable or maybe even, you know, not listenable. Like, you know, like it's all about energy at the end of the day, when it comes down to making music and we're just trying to display our best positive energy that we can. Yeah. And honestly, uh, if you don't love music, you got to get out of this business. You've got to get out. It is way too hard and it's way too consuming. And you have to make sacrifices like a lot of them that most normal people don't understand the sacrifices in terms of even the most bare minimum things you have to give up to try to, quote unquote, make it as a band. And I say, quote unquote, because making it, I think, is, again, really subjective. So for me, I truly love music and I've dedicated most of my life to it in one form or another. And like Austin said, I, I think it does show when artists have that sort of love and loyalty towards their art form. And you can't expect anything else because we can't control what anyone thinks of us, what they think of our music, how it makes our music feel. So if we're not 
in love with the music or in love with us making music, I think it's, it leads to a very disappointing and hard life. Um, so I think that's why bands really need to consider that aspect that it's while it is kind of selfish because, you know, we're making music strictly for ourselves that we're going to hopefully be sharing with people that can, like Sada said, have a therapy session with the songs and find something relatable with the stories. But it has to start with yourself, you know? It really, really does, or it's gonna be a hard journey and a really disappointing one. It's hard even when you do, you know, <laughs> exactly. do it for yourself, exactly. you know? It's just, there's like an opportunity cost. It's like, if I'm not enjoying this, what the hell am I wasting so much time and energy? I completely agree, completely you know, agree. It's like, all of us individually, I think, are coming from the same place of like we, you know, we have these things inside of us that, you know, it, it's Sarah, you know, mentioned it's it's therapy for the listener, but it's therapy for yeah. ourselves too. You know, it's you know, put put your own like personal ideations and and you know, musings and whatnot into this you know instrument. Let it bleed together with with the rest of the group, and you know, at the end of the day, we make something that we're we're happy with for ourselves because, um, you know, we needed to, and, you know, the, the, the goal and the, you know, the term of making it or whatever, you know, ultimately it just comes down to like, well, did it resonate with listeners? You know, were there other people out there who know nothing about us, but they heard this song and they decided, you know what, like, this is actually, you know, doing something for me right now, you know, to, to me, that's making it. So. I agree. Um, if you want to, if, it, if it's about money, you got to get into banking. <laughs> that's where you start getting into not music the money's in the money exactly. <laughs> very very not wrong <laughs> not wrong at all but uh no I, I like the fact that everyone kind of seems to have a pure motivation for the music and uh, in terms now about the first single is that what would you say are kind of like your current goals of music now if you can kind of safely gather what are some of the more immediate goals you're trying to achieve right now definitely being performance ready and performing as soon as we possibly can uh, summer is a slow time for performance, but being just so on it before fall, but once fall comes, because that's when all the college kids are back and there's a lot of live music at that time, that's a goal. Uh, we also are going to record again. So to be prepared for that, that's a goal. Keep on writing. Yeah. yeah. Keep honing in our, our voice, you know, and sharpen it with each pass of, of a demo you know a track are we happy with it we've had it for three months let's flip it upside down and see <laughs> if, if there's a different way that it'll speak speak better um you know it's a process but you know we're all we're all in on it exactly it's the best part about it is we get to do it together you know COVID has shown me how lonely it can be to be alone which is it's probably <laughs> the first time in my life I've ever truly have been alone for substantial periods of time for days on end, you know, and just to be back with people that mean something to you doing something that means something. It, it's really great. I'm very excited. I'm excited to go record it. We're going to do five more songs in the first week of August. And, you know, the game plan is to release a track a month until the new year, hopefully. And we'd like to play some shows in the summer if it's possible, you know, to test the waters of these new songs we're writing. Uh, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's okay. But Come fall, hopefully we we start hitting some venues pretty hard and just really bringing the music to the people and trying to remember what it feels like to be part of a really large community. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happens from there, you know, it, it's, it's up to the universe. 
Amen to that. I've learned I've learned that lesson a million times a year and a half. You know, you make so many plans in life and you go, you know what? If when it, when it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. You know, that's all you can really hope, hope and pray for, hundred percent. But I actually wanted to build up with the last question since you haven't performed live yet. When you do get a chance to perform live, what kind of live experience do you think you're gonna give listeners? Because because this music is very dynamic and eclectic. So I'm I'm very excited to see how that translates on on a stage. Yeah, we're actually in the middle kind of of like working on a visual sort of aspect for, for a live show. We have we tossed around a couple ideas for like, um, you know, putting on a projector with like some images on it and stuff. So we want to really prepare for that when, when we're ready. Um, and just the number one important thing would be obviously to be as tight as we can musically. You know, that is what our goal is. Uh, anything after that, you know, it's just like a, a treat for us in the audience. But yeah, we want to just bring something new to the table and work on our visual aspect for a live set. So it, there's going to be a lot of ideas rolling in with that. Mm, very cool. I think I think people will be excited to see it because it sounds like you have like all these unique musical influences like kind of operating. So I feel like it'll be a very dynamic show. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> The projector sounds cool too, and the meatballs yeah. <laughs> would be a good combo. The meatballs, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna project meatballs. <laughs> I mean, you, you you would already be in my top five favorite bands if that was what I saw. Uh, so, I you have my approval. I can't speak for the rest of the general public, but as a fellow Italian, I I wholeheartedly co-sign that. <laughs> How could he get the meatball cannon? How could we're gonna sell sauce at our merch table. Honestly, brilliant yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I have a couple more questions. I wanted to thank you guys so much for joining me. This has been a very fun interview, and it sounds like you guys are definitely enjoying yourselves as a band so far, which we love to see. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you for having us, Kenny. As a band that's brand new, never played a show, you guys have been so totally kind to us to give us any sort of platform Yeah. Um, to promote ourselves shamelessly or to <laughs> just talk, meet people, you know? Thank you. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Like you guys, I mean, whether you realize it or not, like, I mean, you're basically providing the same service as we try to, which is like grow the, grow the sense of community and, you know, like introduce artists to people that they wouldn't have otherwise discovered without your platform. Um, you know, so that's all like very much appreciated, especially like over the past year and a half, you know, um, to be able to like get out there to see, you know, to see other people's shows as, as, you know, like a, as an observer, you know, and get to talk with other creatives about the process and, you know, things like that is just, you know, it's, um, I don't know. It, it, it's just a, a heartwarming sense of like community, I think to, to kind of get all of those, you know, types together, um, you know, people with shared interests and goals and, and influences and things like that. Um, so Asbury Park Vibes is awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't argue with that one. I'm going <laughs> to, my editor will love to hear that one. But actually, I like how you said that because I built my last question. Um, in times such as these, you know, it can, it can be kind of hard to lose sight of like, you know, as you were saying, like the joy of making art. But what are you most thankful for about being able to create music now, despite all the challenges? What, what are you still kind of grateful for about that? Great question. There's going to be a lot of answers. I am really happy to have a 
a way to get my thoughts and feelings out that are not in such a um, institute, uh, uh, in such a westernized, colonized way where I usually get all of my ideas out. Because like I said before, I write a lot of academic papers and that's not ex- an exciting way to, it's not cathartic whatsoever. No, not really, really <laughs> not at all. I much rather get my feelings out in this musical way than the scholarly way that I usually do. And the things that I talk about in music are completely correlated with what I study. So it's just a better way for me to do it. And I love that so much about music. Yeah, I would say just being collaborative with these guys and Sarah, just means a lot to me. I'm really thankful for that. Just to be able to bring ideas, whether it's mine or theirs to the table and just uh, jamming on them, uh, feeling them out, talking about them. Uh, I've, I've written in a project where I, I've pretty much wrote everything solo and I felt like it wasn't as satisfying as getting in, into a room together with a group of people, have developing different relationships and like, you know, just coming about it at different angles and seeing everybody else's perspective. That's what I'm thankful for. I feel like in order for music to have, have as much depth as, you know, our first song, you know, does, like you mentioned, like, I think it needs to have these different perspectives and people's opinions. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, over this past year, I'm a just, grateful that we're all healthy like that's kind of the one thing I take away like a lot it's like I'm grateful that we're healthy um I think all five of us we played music for so long we definitely have this therapeuticness that we find uh, some type of release um and I know for myself personally it is definitely like a very um you know emotional high especially when you're playing shows and and uh, connecting with these for other lovely people is like kind of just such a great bonding experience. I mean, I think every band I've been in has this kind of, at least the better bands have come like really closer together. And I kind of just really am feeling this band get closer and closer together and kind of bond. So I'm really excited to see where we go and and how, where we take everything. So I'm really excited for just us in general and honestly just grateful for these all of us are still here yeah (laughs) that's a good take yeah that's a really good uh those are all really good answers and um does anyone else have anything to contribute to that or is that i have something small and that might get a little longer because that's typically what happens whenever (laughs) i talk uh there was a word a forgotten word before which was instant gratification and over this last year and a half and i'm certain way longer than that i've noticed there's been quite a lot of that in my life food friends everything entertainment and it's nice to get back in a room with people who are very different than you and think very different than you and be able to respect them and remember that you're part of something a lot larger than this you know that maybe you don't write the best song that time maybe you do maybe you play bad Maybe you don't, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to love. You know, it all comes down to community, friendship, and love. If we're not doing what we feel like we're meant to be doing, then what are we doing? And that, I guess, you know, is my roundabout answer to that that question. And what that's what I'm most excited is to remember what it's like to be alive, kind of. 
and to remember what it's like to be alive and be a person amongst everything. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a wow, that's a phenomenal <laughs> entry. Yeah, I can't I can't doubt that. <laughs> I'm just gonna say <laughs> let's just start talking about the universe. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The next podcast. <laughs> yeah, if you can take over for me after that, you're good. <laughs> I can't doubt that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think uh, one of the questions I had to kind of wrap it up, and this is I have two more, and one of these is a fun one, and one of these I guess is a more serious one. So I guess I'll start with the I guess I'll start with the more fun one. Um, if you had to describe your music in three words, what would they be? No, three three words. Three words, baby, like a trilogy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like a trilogy. I like what Sarah said before. I don't know if you guys agree. I like that, like the psychedelic dream pop. I That's like it. This. I like that. That's okay. it. Psychedelic <laughs> dream and pop. Those are three words right there. are three there. words. <laughs> but if you guys think differently. Uh, I got five of y'all. <laughs> so we need 15 words total. <laughs> you guys can pull them together. You guys can collaborate. I'll be nice. I won't be too strict. <laughs> I want to steal an Adam Neely word, and I want to say we bring vibes. <laughs> we bring some vibes. We got vibes on the vibes podcast. We like that. Do you agree that we bring a little angst in our music? Yeah, we're all, we're all a little PO'd. We're yeah. so PO'd. <laughs> we like our 2000s. Yeah, we grew up in emo. Yeah. A little angsty, yeah. There you go. A little angsty <laughs> vibe people. Angsty <laughs> vibe people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the angsty never wore off. It didn't stay in 2011. It continued and it matured and it became worse. It marinated. Never grow up. Yeah, we didn't grow up. We our problems and all of the things that we are anxious about just have gotten so much worse. They're so much bigger than what they were (laughs) in high school. Here, three words: adult emo kids. Adult emo kids. That's that's the best one so far. (laughs) <laughs> so I'll, I'll take that one that's a good one too. that's Probably. awesome i love seeing all those adjectives because it definitely goes to show us how like diverse and well-rounded of a band everybody is that's funny <laughs> i love adult emo kids that's that's absolutely <laughs> bold and i'm actually switching gears so i guess a slightly more serious final question um it seems like you're all pretty dedicated to like making this like the best product as possible. So uh, what's kind of like the ultimate takeaway you want people to kind of get from the music or the performances at the end of the day? Everyone can answer. I can start us off by dancing around the question and then everyone. <laughs> it's like, it's like a baton. You hand it off to somebody, someone hands it off to you. And then eventually it kind of goes around the room. <laughs> <laughs> I think music is an underused medium to sh- shift people's shift public consciousness and shift public discourse. So what I'm hoping will happen is this renaissance that I spoke about before, and that's what music will do. So I hope that that's what people will take away from the music, that we can actually shift our consciousness using this form of media, because that's what media does. Media decides the way that we think about certain things so media needs to change and i want i want other bands and other artists in general to jump on that bandwagon but it needs to start somewhere and it is starting 
it's you definitely see it in movies. I don't know if you saw the Oscar nominated film Promising Young Woman. I but did. That, Incredible that film. Is a movie. That is a movie that shifts. That is art that shifts public discourse. Absolutely. And consciousness. And it makes you rethink these it, it makes you rethink certain things that you thought were normal, that they're not normal. Absolutely. I definitely feel like music is certainly, um, at least in most of the mainstream areas, a big commercial lately, um, where artists are promoting products that subconsciously we don't realize they're promoting products. And their songs are about keeping us in our current system, maintaining the status quo. And growing up on punk rock, I still subscribe to the belief that the belief that it's time to change, that we are due for a change in this entire world, let alone this country. Um, and that's something I hope our music can help, whether it is the change or whether it's just, you know, a, a, a leaf, piece of the puzzle. A, yeah, a piece mm -hmm. of the puzzle, a leaf in the wind, whatever you want to call it. As that's what I hope we can at least accomplish is that we're we're starting to use our art form to take back what is for the people. Even if our music is a drop in the bucket, that drop in the bucket creates a ripple effect. And that's very important, especially because so much of music today, especially popular music is about consumption. And I would like our music to be about anti-consumption. Mm. Yeah, I'd say if the best thing I would like people and, and even just other artists to, to take away from us is, is hopefully that we can kind of be a part and help build a, a, a better, stronger music community after COVID. And, yes. and, and I think if we can connect with other artists, but just, just the audience, if, 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 if someone comes to our show and listen or just listens to our music, I hope that they feel connected with us, connected with the story. And, and, and on, on top of that, they feel that they can kind of connect with hopefully the community that we can bring together. That I think would be uh, one of the ultimate like things I hope we can do with this band is just bring people together. Yes. Wow. Yeah, those are all really impressive answers. So uh, it sounds like you guys got quite a mission statement, and it's going to be exciting to see that come together. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. Of course. Um, before we wrap up, is there any other like things you want to plug? Any final words? Anything else you guys wanted to comment on? Yeah, super much has a new beer coming out and a new album coming out. They're playing so check it out. Um, what's the date? Yeah. Mike, Mike pay me. Mike pay is paying us to commercials. Diane's favorite, Diane's favorite band. Uh, yeah. There's a little crossover episode that nobody asked for. <laughs> I had a feeling of when Super Mutt was going to enter the conversation and I was now it's an, now it's an Azure Frog Vibes podcast. I would Super Mutt has entered the chat. <laughs> yeah, so check that out. Definitely. And yeah, just stay tuned for uh, the singles that we'll be dropping over the next couple of months and our studio updates. That too. Yeah, and shoot us a message if you just want to chat. We're, we'd like to talk. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, we're friendly. <laughs> right. We're friendly. Subjective. We're, we're real people. Whatever. Subjective. subjective. It's objective. <laughs> <laughs> We're actual human beings. I don't know if that's subjective. I think that's actually well, that part. That part I, I would like to assume is is, is uh, not subjective that you're actual humans. <laughs> that part I'd like. Yeah. To assume. 
we're humans that act like humans. So if anybody wants to just hit us up, please do, because we do really want to make a connection and, and form a community. It's very important to us. Awesome. I think we can all agree that's something very much needed right now. That's awesome. So guys, if you guys have nothing else to add, thank you so much for joining me. This has been, I think it's been a great interview. And for anyone who's listening who has yet to discover Full Saint, there's single plum trees out on Spotify and all streaming platforms. Give it a listen, give it a follow, and stay tuned because it sounds like there's more at. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.